Welcome back, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whiskare. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Love may be in the air as Valentine's Day is right around the corner, but the sexual encounters that we're going to be talking about are going to leave you trembling in fear. Throughout the month, we'll be deep diving into genophobia horror features which is the fear of sexual intercourse and tonight we are uh you know kind of like throwing it back a little bit with a tales from the crypt movie uh this one being bordello of blood released in 1996 directed by gilbert adler uh, and this tells uh, the story of a, a funeral parlor that is moonlighting as a vampire bordello. <laughs> so joining me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts. Uh, first, we, of course, have Holly Hooch. Holly, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> and uh, also joining us again this week uh, from the same location, as a matter of fact, which really <laughs> threw me for a loop, is John. <laughs> John, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so used to like looking up and be like, oh, they're they're both just right there. All right, <laughs> so, so like, you know, ready. Ready <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean you're ready? Like, are they both <laughs> waiting on me? And then I'm like, hold on a second, like, there's not a call going out, <laughs> so like, clearly you weren't just gonna start a call if it was only you two in the same place because that wouldn't make any sense. I somehow tried anyway because I'm not. You so still great. tried <laughs> and then you hung up immediately. I'm like. <laughs> Oh. And of course, you know, my phone my phone is like going to be the one to answer the call because I wasn't by my computer at the time. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so tonight, Bordello of Blood, and I have to say, like, there's a lot of things about this movie uh behind the scenes which are far more interesting than the actual movie. And you know, part of that is just because Bordello of Blood had a lot of problems in it. <laughs> Uh, really? A lot of which was behind the scenes. And there are some things that you'll be able to take away from, you know, some of that drama that can directly correlate to some of the issues that are uh, pretty prevalent throughout the movie and what makes it kind of a disjointed experience. Now, that being said, Bordello of Blood uh, was panned by the critics. Uh, reviews have not held up very well over the years. Especially when compared to uh, the first Tales from the Crypt movie that they did, which was a year prior uh, to this, which was Demon Knight, which uh, was actually uh, a much better movie. And part of that was because it was not a uh, feature film directorial debut like it was for Bordello of Blood. I was thinking, like, was it? I, I think uh, I need a rewatch. Demon Knight, because I haven't seen that one in a long time. And I actually thought that Bordello Blood came before, but now when I was looking at the dates, they're only separated by year, mm -hmm. which is actually pretty great. And then I remember why I might have liked it so much when I was a kid, because of all the, you know, all the sex. <laughs> all <laughs> like, the nudity, yeah! Music. <laughs> <laughs> Angie Everhart can get away with saying lover and not sound ridiculous. <laughs> she did that twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give her a fucking Oscar. <laughs> Well, there were a couple. I picked up re, when I rewatched it. I picked up on a couple of references mm -hmm. to the uh, the previous movie that they put in there. Really? 
So clearly they were start trying to lay the groundwork for a Tales from the Crypt cinematic universe. <laughs> cinematic <I think>. universe. <laughs> long, before, long before Marvel was attempting it, I think. That would have been rad. <laughs> but uh, that was the thing. I think Whoopi Goldberg is in mm-hmm. the Demon Knight movie, right? Because they have a they show her mm-hmm. where she kind of has a little scene. And then the bottle of the liquid in the movie is the same, I believe. Oh, okay. Look at that. And one of the characters says, like, don't you watch movies when they show it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like... That's neat. I dug it. I guess they figured there would be more after this. But no, there was not. <laughs> well, there, there's there's a reason why there's not more after this, which I'll get into in uh, in just a few here. So a, a little, a few things behind the scenes. I mean, obviously, there's kind of a lot to, to dig into here. Uh, but a lot of people that were involved with Bordello of Blood consider it to be an embarrassment. Uh, you know, you had DreamWorks, who at the time was a startup. Uh, you also had Universal, which was on Go In. Uh, and they weren't wanting to lose Bob Zemeckis, who was one of the executive producers for this. And the reason why this movie was made was, uh, you know, Bob was like, okay, well, I'll stay where I'm at, uh, but only if you buy the first script that he wrote, which was a student one. And they paid $500,000 for the script for this. Now, that being said, of course, you know, it did get touch-ups. Uh, but, like, you know, he he threw it out there, and uh, sure enough, they didn't want to lose Bob. Uh, they pull him in. They pay half a million dollars for this script, uh, which, you know, would consider the plot for this movie, uh, there, there's not a lot of meat on the bones here. You know, there's only so much you can do uh, with a vampire whorehouse that is, <laughs> you know, moonlighting at this uh, funeral parlor. And, you know, on top of that, you know, Corey Feldman was basically doing this because of Rick Donner, uh, who was one of his, you know, bigger supporters. And, you know, this was at a time when he was fresh out of rehab uh, and, you know, he still had to go through, like, the whole interview process for uh, the director, Gil Adler. And Adler had, you know, pretty strong connections to Tales from the Crypt. He was one of the main producers of the TV series. He was also one of the main writers. Uh, but he had never directed a feature-length film uh, before this one. Uh, so, you know, not the best impressions right out of the gate. Uh, and, you know, you had this whole back-and-forth with Bordello Blood, uh, when it came between, like, the union as well as the producers of the movie, uh, and then, you know, they're like, you know what, fuck the union, uh, we're gonna move out of LA to shoot this in Vancouver, so we don't have to deal with that, but a lot of the crew that was in Vancouver at the time weren't that experienced, where you only had a few that really knew what they were doing, and everyone else was just Working kind of uh, kind of mad at the time. So yeah, even like 20 years later, <laughs> right? Like from Shivers, uh, things still not too situated uh, in regards to like film crew in Vancouver. But of course, you know, fast forward another 20 years and Vancouver's like one of the main staples uh, of cinema at this point for production shoots. Really interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I I didn't know about the troubled production. You know, interestingly, rewatching both of them, for, I rewatched this one 
the other day, and I, I rewatched The Demon Knight several weeks ago, but recently. <clears throat> I, I I found I liked this one more. I, I, I found it more fun. Because of the boobs? Well, <laughs> they, hey, okay, they both have plenty of boobs, <laughs> for one. But it, I, I don't know, I, I thought the sense of humor was yes. a bit better okay. in this one, even though I don't love Dennis Miller. Like, Nobody loves Dennis <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he kind of did a better job ultimately. Yeah. Who was the main character in, in, in The Demon Knight? I forget. I can't remember, but it's got Jada Pinkett Smith. She was one of the main characters for sure. And, and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. I think was, yeah. And I can't well, remember Whoop, anybody else. Whoopi had like a cameo in it. Where okay, okay. She was like in the hospital as like one of the patients, basically. Because, mm-hmm. oh, was that a vignette? God, she, shit, I have to watch it over again. I just I just remember them being held up in a dive bar in the middle of nowhere. Right? Was that part of the premise? Of the, of the yeah. Night? yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. The premise, the general premises of both movies are very similar. <laughs> to me, you know, it's like you're in a hotel. In this one, you're in the bordello mm-hmm. and you're being attacked by the monsters and you're basically in the one location for the whole movie. And yeah, I find the movies are a bit too similar when having, you know, before I had rewatched them, Mm -hmm. I constantly mixed them up. I couldn't (laughs) remember which one was. I couldn't, I couldn't tell. I I thought Bordello of Blood was first. Yeah. Well, see, it's very easy to tell them apart because one has like the baby creeps and then the other one has the vampire horse. Ah. <laughs> uh, but with uh, with Demon Knight, you know, you had William Sadler, who was like the main character uh, opposite of Billy Zane, uh, who was the one trying to like get the the necklace, uh, which contained basically uh, initially like the blood of Christ. That's right. That's right. I like how you said that with a serious face, too. And he, he has, I mean, you, you got to sell it. <laughs> Are you buying? Because I'm selling. <laughs> And Sadler has his cameo as the mummy mm-hmm. in the beginning of this movie where he That's has right. a scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cute. I like that. You know what was really interesting? So the whole movie is a comedy. Mm-hmm. and uh, But there, the one part that actually made my skin crawl, and I thought to myself, like, oh, my God, I feel so uncomfortable. And, and you know, it's, I don't even think it was meant to be that intense. But when the mortician is working on that woman's body, mm-hmm. And he's cutting her open, and he's like touching her boobs, and he's like smelling like the 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 stench coming out of her body when he cuts her open. Like that whole sequence was actually really that had an effect. I had a physical reaction to that, and I I completely forgotten that scene, you know, from years and years ago. But that that's yeah. I, just, I just thought I was I would bring that up and I'm like wow, that's some good acting. Yeah, just <laughs> the good- the randomness of the cadaver. Boob boob going to to like what the hell what the hell was that? <laughs> I cried a little. I was like, no, no. And then he like sticks her with the with the scalpel when he's gotta go, like, you know, mm-hmm. walk away from her. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know the name of that actor, but he's great. He's he did a great in, job, yeah. He's the guy, he's in uh Clockwork Orange. <laughs> he the he plays um Alex's like school counselor. <gasps> oh he's like really creepy, he's always grabbing his leg mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah. Oh that's He's always creepy. He's creepy in every movie, basically. Yep. Makes you wonder. I mean, like when you're like, "Oh, what a great actor!" And they're like, "Yeah, Kevin Spacey screwed somebody." Oh shit! Maybe it wasn't that much acting. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes. 
I gotta bring it down. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So of course, Let's bring it back up. of course, you know, we we had Dennis Miller as the the main character in this, uh, and. Dennis wanted absolutely nothing to do with this movie uh, and said that, again, you know, here, here's a caveat. Uh, okay, I'll do this, but only if you pay me $1 million. So Universal comes in and uh, they did not want Dennis Miller uh, and they weren't going to pay for him. Uh, so the cash was taken out of the budget of the movie. <sighs> so so yeah so like you know needs to say filming is underway they're like two days in uh until dennis miller actually arrives to the set uh and he was a pain in the ass to work with they didn't like any of his dialogue uh he improvised <laughs> basically the vast majority of really? his dialogue in the movie uh which is why some things kind of uh don't necessarily go as planned in regards to the story where like some plot points would have gotten glossed over by some of his one-liners. That's not to say that they were all bad because some of them were pretty funny, uh, but they don't always land. But the thing that really caused uh, a lot of issues with Dennis was just the fact that this was at a time when his HBO show was also being shot. Uh, okay. So you basically had these two conflicting uh, schedules schedules with shooting where you know you had the weekends for the hbo show being on the weekend and then for portello of blood the weekends were shifted to monday and tuesday so then that pissed off a lot of the crew made them unhappy because they weren't necessarily having a weekend to spend with their families because their weekends uh were being spent at work shooting bordello of blood so it's just like it's one thing after another and then you know you look at uh erica uh who had just recently uh retired from her like her baywatch days and she wanted to be taken more seriously as an actress <laughs> and you know there were some things with the script that she didn't agree with i'm pretty sure like in the script she was supposed to be like an exotic dancer or something and she didn't want uh to have like all these preconceived notions about her after uh, she was on Baywatch uh, as, a, as a regular. And then you also had Angie Everhart, uh, who came into the project after being, like, a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Uh, and, you know, this was someone who didn't have any acting experience, and she played Lilith, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the names. Uh, and she basically got the gig because... Uh, I'm trying to remember what movie was being shot at the time, but it involved Stallone and one of the producers who was attached to Bordello... Uh, and Angie Everhart was dating Sylvester Stallone at the time, and he kind of, like, planted the seed there to be like, hey, you know, you should hire my girlfriend, and sure <laughs> enough, Angie gets the part for Lilith in this movie. So, you know, you have this culmination of different things, which is, like, you had Dennis Miller, who was very standoffish. Uh, you had Erica, who didn't really want to leave her trailer outside of just shooting her scenes. So there wasn't a ton of, like, camaraderie between anyone in this cast. And you can definitely kind of feel that as you're watching yeah. this movie. Mm. Yeah, it definitely has that feeling where nobody is in the same shot together. It's like everybody is shot in singles, and it feels yeah. like they're not necessarily shot at the same time. There, kind of feel John, there is some truth to that, actually, because... Oh. 
<laughs> Dennis Miller was primarily the one who would be like, you know, I'm a little, or his assistant would be like, you know, Dennis is a little tired. Uh, can you shoot him solo today? So like he would shoot first and then they would shoot whoever was opposite of him in that scene. So that did happen Wow. pretty what frequently throughout this. I mean, there's no way you can make that work as well as being in the same room, right? Even now, John here is like so much easier doing the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, it's so funny that you guys are so good at putting your finger on what's causing the the issues with the movie. Because when you're just a viewer and just trying to have fun, you're like, well, it's just a shitty movie. Well, it's just a B movie. It's just a movie. But there's very specific reasons why a movie is a shitty, can, turns out to be a shitty movie. Yeah, yeah. And people not giving a shit about being in the movie is probably a big one. <laughs> yeah, especially as, like, you know, the main actor. <laughs> when I did notice, not to jump to the end too early, but that mm -hmm. in that last shot of the movie, when the... the, the they're Dennis in the car and, and they're making the out, yeah. And she bites him, that that is very clearly a dummy of Dennis really? Miller that she's what? attacking. In Whoa, the I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Because yeah, <laughs> it's like... Okay, like a standing or a straight up dummy? No, it's a dummy. It's not even a person. What? It's a dummy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Dennis is really tired today. Can we please use the dummy? <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't want to make out with this Baywatch babe, you know. I know, she's Let's so pretty. The standing. <laughs> my, my head canon theory was I, not based on anything, but was that they wanted to shoot that twist ending where she... Yeah attacks him and he was like i don't i want to be the hero i don't want to be like killed at the end and then they, so they just shot it without him well who knows like maybe maybe dennis at that point was so standoffish that erica just wanted absolutely nothing to do with him uh so she's just like you know what fuck this guy i'm not doing it unless he's just not in the scene altogether mm-hmm yeah, that could be definitely. <laughs> and I don't know if, if you guys can confirm this too, but I felt like the Baywatch girl was wearing a wig the entire movie. <laughs> she had, like it looked like a wig. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe because then she had like a, a pixie cut in Baywatch, or is that just me? That could be. And she had probably blonde hair from Baywatch. Maybe yeah. Didn't, her hair she was had like blonde. Was it blonde in the movie? Oh. Mm -hmm. It was weird. I kept looking like a wig, but I couldn't figure out why they would put her in a wig. So Either way, sure. it was like at least styling that wasn't really working. Mm. Interesting. Huh. But I enjoyed the movie. I yeah. rewatching it recently. I actually, it's one of those ones where I actually enjoyed it more watching it now than I did the first time I saw it back when it came out. Yeah, I would agree. Like I had a lot of fun, and like you catch the. <laughs> the, the there was a lot of shit that like Dennis Miller did that you're like Dennis. You can't say that in 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely stuff that did not age well. I know. I'm like, are you supposed to be the good guy? <laughs> well, he calls the Native American guy Tonto. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's a lot of n jokes that, a lot of ed 90s edginess yes. that did not age quite well. You know? Yeah. Tonto. <laughs> and then I have to admit that at one point when they're killing all the, the vampire prostitutes in the in the bordello of blood, uh, <laughs> they've got their super soakers. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, this just reminds me of little kids chasing little girls with their super soakers. Like, I, I didn't get a sense of, like, people are being killed. It was more of like, you guys having fun? You guys need a snack? <laughs> it's almost snap time. Which... 
and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording a little bit, but I believe they do that in Robert Rodriguez movie. Um, the Super which, Soakers? Yeah. Oh. Don't they uh, From use... From Dust Till Dawn? In Dust Till Dawn, don't they use the Super Soakers? And I don't know... I, I Again, I'm sort of unprepared, but I could have sworn I heard rumors that one this movie was in sort of... That the this movie and that movie and... What is it called? What's uh, from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, we're in production and came out very close to each other. Whoa, okay. And but, we're sort of influenced by each other potentially. Oh, that's too bad because Angie Everhart, as much as I like her, does not stand, you know, does not hold a candle to Selma Hayek. No. <laughs> now there's a fucking vampire queen. Do you do you know? Have you do you know? Have You've you seen it? Seen that? Of course. He's like, of course and, I have. Well, no, excuse you. <laughs> have you? Do we know anything potentially about the production of, of these? I, I I don't know that for certain. I know that Universal had to like shuffle some of their releases around <laughs> that year because like they were fairly more hectic. I think like towards the fall releases, but they didn't really have anything set for the summer. So then they ended up moving mm-hmm. Bordello up to take that slot. Um, I want to watch from Dust Till Dawn. Because <laughs> that's gonna be a better vampire. Uh, and, and that being said, too, I I will say the 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 series they did. I think it aired on like El Rey initially. Uh, for from dusk to dawn, it was actually really fucking good. Uh, for mm. like a like a silver screen appearance. Uh, and the uh the vamp the main vampire in that one also incredibly sexy. Mm. <laughs> So that's that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, but anyways, getting back to this. So I have to say, with Bordello, I, I really love the whole film opening, which kind of, like, provides that extended type riff on the fake-out opening scene that we got in Demon Knight, where this one actually ties into the story that is set to unfold. Uh, so, you know, we meet Vincent Prather, uh, who is played by uh, Phil... Fondacaro, who is leading some men on this expedition through the Tierra del Fuego, uh, and they're on, like, this treasure hunt, uh, but none of the guys know what they're actually searching for outside of Vincent, uh, and they're basically there to track down Lilith, who is the mother vampire, uh, who had her heart drawn out and sliced into quarters. And, of course, you know, Vincent has her heart, and he's there to fully restore her. Uh, and he's to say one thing kind of leads to another. And, you know, she feeds on all the guys there outside of Vincent, because Vincent, you know, was the one who restored her. So, you know, you have that sort of bond and connection between the two, where, you know, Vincent is spared as long as Lilith is able to murder and feed off of everyone else because, you know, she's been dead for, you know, how many ever hundred years uh, leading up to this point. So, you know, you kind of have that connection right out of the gate. So I thought it was pretty cool to establish that main character uh, leading into the introduction of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, what do you think? Definitely. The the guy, I don't want to use the wrong term, the guy who's the little person. Yes. Yeah. Who's in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's in Ghoulies, I believe. But uh, in a lot of movies, in kind of an Indiana Jones opening a little bit. Maybe even a little bit like yeah. the first Suicide Squad movie. No, I'm just... <laughs> 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 oh. 
But uh, no, I like that. That guy is in so many 80s movies. And it was kind of cool to have him be kind of like the main guy. And they carried him through a bit into the main movie. But it felt like, I mean, this movie has like an hour and 20 minute runtime or 25 minute runtime, which is a bit on the short side. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, they do that intro and then they have the um, kind of extended Crypt Keeper with the mummy scene. Mm -hmm. And it almost kind of felt like, not to like slam the movie, but it felt like they were sort of padding things out with that extended, in not the intro, like that was actually kind of nice where it tied in and everything. The Crypt but Keeper the Crypt scene. Keeper part and stuff. Oh, I like that, you know, because it's always nice to see that dude and, uh, and see his shenanigans, which was kind of which yeah. is cute, you know, he's betting, a betting man. <laughs> Definitely. I want to think to it was... Good that kept the the creep the the crypt keeper or no? I mean, you had to have him. He's such a staple character for mm-hmm. that series. Uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe one day Shutter will acquire the streaming rights for the series. I'm hoping because trying to track those down on DVD is a costly endeavor. No, oh, and I mean even the reruns. So the you run the reruns are heavily edited uh, because of course they're editing it out basically mm-hmm. half of the of the show. So I'd really like to see some of the originals. And I still have several of those stories like ingrained in my brain and they come up every couple of months. Like every couple of months I'm like, yeah, I remember that story. Now, okay, so is this a story from Tales from the Crypt or did I mix it up with another uh, another, <laughs> there's, another there, there's so many anthology <laughs> series that it's going to be hard I know, to right? and I love them. Track. I love anthology so much. There was one with, um, shoot, um, I'm trying to think of this girl's name. She was in that uh, Woody Allen movie where she's a 17-year-old that falls in love with him. Uh, what's her name? Of course. Yeah. Oh, she, what's her name? She's blonde, <laughs> very uh, angular face. Uh, well, anyways, the, 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 the premise of the, of the episode was that her neighbor is in love with her. And so, uh, he, he, cur- he, he, he gets a spell, a love spell so that she'll want him. And so, uh, so it happens, it works out. Oh, and the, the guy was, um, I'm forgetting everybody's name now. <laughs> McCarthy? Something McCarthy from the 80s? What's his name? Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy, yes. Nice. Yes. Anyway, so, <laughs> so he gets her to fall in love with him, but all she wants to do is have sex to the point where he, like, he can't have a life anymore. Oh, terrible. So he kills her. <laughs> he kills her, and then she comes back as an undead, and she so still wants to bang. Oh, the best episodes ever. I like that a lot. That's very Tales from the Crypt. Thank you. Isn't that maybe? I mean, hopefully it wasn't like Tales from the Dark. No, because whenever they're really sexy and they're very like it's a, 80s you know, yeah. with money, it's like, oh, it's, it's got to be Tales from the Dark. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side was really clean because mm-hmm. it was regular TV. Mm-hmm. That was a was good show, too, show, though. I liked it. I'm trying, but to, no, I'm trying to think. I can't remember because I know Tales from the Crypt had one, but it was Yelin with like a voodoo priestess. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure that one also had a love potion. I'm just trying to think if that's the right one or not. Well, uh, what was your favorite Tales from the Crypt uh, story? God, it's been no, or maybe the one that just stuck in your head the most. It's It's been so long since I've seen them. It's good. I, I wouldn't even know off the top of my head. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah it's tough to remember those. Definitely. I, it's been so long. I remember watching them back when they came out. Mm-hmm. And maybe probably reruns. I'm sure they showed yes. them in reruns. And... Uh, 
but it's been so long that I don't they all kind of blur together. Yeah. These the movies actually stand out now more True. than the show. But it was good though for sure. I remember it being good and being like they kind of made a point of having it be extra violent and sexual on, on the because since it was HBO and they could go there, they thank made you a HBO. Point of going there. <laughs> Yeah, unlike uh, Bordello Blood, it was was basically just an excuse to get as many topless models as you can yeah. uh, to play these vampires. <laughs> and you know, there like so many. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few. And I remember, like, I think the last time I saw this movie was like sixteen years ago. So, like, when I was watching it now, I was like, okay, was uh, was I primarily just a fan of this movie initially because of the amount of breasts in this movie? Uh, because I was like, you know, 16 or 17 at the time when I saw it initially, uh, versus it actually just being a good movie outright. And, you know, it's kind kind of a mixed bag. You know, there's some very fun elements to this movie. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you kind of poked fun at the whole, uh, you know, squirt gun scene with the water guns. Yeah. With the holy water. But I just remember that scene vividly, primarily because of ballroom blitz being used oh, in yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah. So it was, it's very, oh. like... It's very quick paced, and there's a lot of kills in a short amount of time, and also and because of that. And they blow up. <laughs> yeah, they all blow up. <laughs> They're not doing the, the oh, we're gonna turn to dust, and then yeah. you just gotta bring out the broom. No, you gotta bring out a bucket. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this one, the, this one feels like more like they just felt free to do whatever and just to be wacky and have more fun with it, whereas. The Demon Knight felt like they were trying to be more of a legit horror movie, mm-hmm. whereas this one just feels like they were like, screw it. We're just going to like do whatever and try to have it be fun. And, <laughs> and I, really, I feel like Demon Knight felt harder to get through than this one where I was able to just like watch right through this with no problem. And, and I never right. really got bored or was like, oh, I want to watch right. something else, you know? Same. I, mm. I, I was, uh, it was interesting to me because I was, I've been telling T that one of the big problems I have is uh, my addiction to my phone and I got to be doing two things at once. And I actually, you know, was able to like put my phone down and watch it. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I tried picking up my phone and then something interesting happened. And so I had to like backtrack to see what I missed. So I was like, shit. So I like the pace, you know, it moves along nicely. And can I say, um, I really love Corey Feldman and the dude's fallen onto some hard times. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't mean this to come across as extra mean, but like, you know, he's, he's in a really rough patch right now, but, and and you think like, well, when did that happen? So watching this movie, I feel like he's still like a, like, you know, pretty close to like, you know, Corey Feldman, you know, like I, I, he had some really good Corey Feldman energy because he's Corey Feldman. Although I don't know about those over manicured eyebrows. Like he's supposed to be this rebellious <laughs> brother. And I'm like, I, like your eyebrows are like so manicured right now. Well, here's, so, here, here's uh, the thing it, about, it really cool. what's that? Here's the thing about Corey. Like that's someone who like really uh, wears his heart on his sleeves. And he had a really hard time just, like, making any sort of connection with anyone in this movie to the point where, like, this was, like, really the only movie he shot where he didn't have any sort of chemistry or connection with anyone uh, that yeah. was part of the crew. And I know, like, on the uh, Bartolo of Blood uh, documentary, which I think was part of the Scream Factory release uh, for, like, the 20 years, uh, kind of, like, dove into that. 
uh, because like, you know, he, he called up Dennis Miller, uh, cause he had, you know, arrived to Vancouver a couple of days before the rest of the crew just wanted to see like, how, you know, how we, how are you feeling about this project? And Dennis Miller's just like, yeah, not, you know, not I'm so talking. good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then he was like, he was wanting to help Dennis Miller, uh, with, you know, the script and whatnot. Uh, just cause you know, Dennis Miller's not an actor. He's a stand up comedian, uh, also mm. worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's just completely standoffish and, you know, Corey felt uh, pretty bad about that. And it's just it's such a shitty thing because he did have an interesting character. And I love that dynamic between the brother and sister in this where you have Caleb played by Corey Feldman, uh, who is the metalhead brother. And then you have Catherine, his sister, played by Erica uh, Alaniac, who is like the Bible thumper <laughs> uh, who's working with the. Uh, the rock and roll JC at the Super Church, which is he was pretty cool actually. Uh, the the Fortress of Solitude, basically. You know that was one of the one of the few Dennis Miller jokes that really got me was just seeing like the Fortress of Solitude, which was the the whole like church because it was just like a glass structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that Kerry Feldman, like I, I thought he did really well in the movie. It was really fun to watch him. And, uh, and he was already like, I'm trying to think of other, and he was already grown, you know, cause a lot of the other movies that we think about Corey Feldman, he's a little kid, but in this one, I was like, he's grown, he's awesome. You know, like it was, it was nice seeing him. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they were thinking that they were getting a little bit of that Lost Boys energy by having him be in there. Which they nearby. did, which is kind of cool. Oh my God. What do you think about it? Full circle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he became it's... a Lost Boy. It's that and also Fright Night with Chris Sarandon, who played yeah, Jimmy Current in this as well. I thought he was going to be a bad guy. Yeah, me too. In but the movie, and then he stayed a good a guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, normally, that character would end up being a bad guy. There'd be like some twist, you know. But uh, no, he was good. I like Chris Sarandon. That's he's, good he's more than just Susan Sarandon's brother. <gasps> <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. No, I liked him. Know. I've always liked him. I've always said, I've always said, right? <laughs> I always thought like, oh, so random. Okay. So one thing that stood out to me about uh, Dennis Miller was, you know, he was definitely ad-libbing and doing his shtick. Mm. And it felt very Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and at about halfway into the movie, it struck me that you could easily swap Dennis Miller out of this movie and put David Spade in his place. And I would it, love that. And I think it would be a better movie because you would have David Spade as sort of like the weaselly sort of like, yeah. we, who's like very boastful. Yes. Instead of, because Dennis, the problem with Dennis Miller's character is he's boastful, but he's sort of like a, he's like a regular guy. Like he's not like a weak sort of guy okay, yeah, and he's yeah, not yeah, like yes. a buff guy so yeah. when he boasts you can almost be like oh okay like maybe he can actually do what he says he's doing I gotcha. okay. but you almost want like a sort of Bruce Campbell like David Spade character in that role being boastful and then being silly you know and, oh okay see I was gonna say like wait you can't call like 80s Bruce Campbell and compare him like <laughs> compare him to Spade. David Spade excuse me excuse me like he's I mean, if, if time meant nothing, like young Bruce Campbell or, you know, evil dead Bruce Campbell would definitely be one of my, my passes, <laughs> my hall passes or whatever you want to call it. Well, all I know hey, is uh, yeah, so David Spade probably wouldn't have turned down, you know, making out with Erica. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the humor and the style felt very. Yes. It reminded me of that era of Saturday Night Live very much. You know, no, I, I, think I almost literally. wanted more like Saturday Night Live characters and their actors. That would have made it really fucking rad, actually. <laughs> so yeah, like there was a lot of elements that worked, and I think overall the movie worked. But yeah, like you don't consider it like ooh, you know, a canon mm. awesome movie, mm. and especially when you consider that the the legacy of you know Tales from the Crypt is so fucking long and really established and really you know that it's you know the 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 reason people love it it's it's earned its love is what i'm saying right mm. so i mean everything from like the comic to to the show to the movies it's been a long fucking time and it's just yeah. um it keeps on it's just a cash cow man but they're not like so is it from what i'm understanding they're not readily available the tv show is not right e- uh, is not legally available mm-hmm. what if- release uh that was uh no that was creep show freak show that's what that was yeah creep show is what shutter acquired uh, yeah for the series right see they got yeah they definitely need to re-release those the tv show i don't know there must be some rights issue holding it up because you would think it would be on streaming right somewhere, it would know? be available somewhere so, i mean is it available on hbo now do we know? Does anybody have HBO? I, I have HBO Max. I'll check. I highly doubt it's up there, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah like, what, from what it? I had seen, it was not really around, but mm-hmm. the last I was looking, but it might, who knows. Might I'm be. still trying to remember that chick's name with the blonde hair, angular face. <laughs> just hung up on the blonde. Really, me? And you have to find that episode. Or I can just look up the Woody Allen movie. Is the one where it's... I was gonna be an idiot. Say it was based in New York. They're all fucking based in New York. And it's not. It's not an HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, no, like, what? Weird. What are you doing? Must be some rights issue. Yeah, it's yeah. Always, some legal shit. It's yeah. always some rights issue. It's always some fucking legal shit. Yeah, because you know, Creep Show is readily available. I know Tales from the Dark Side is out in DVD because I own the series. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm so easily excitable. <laughs> Just look at my face. Tales from the, the Dark Side was great. Oh, I love the intro too. So creepy. That's a good one. That was like when I that when I was young and that was on TV. It would play at midnight where I where I lived, and I would try to stay up and watch it, and it was really difficult. And then we got a VCR, and it was like, oh, now I can record it at midnight and watch it. <laughs> Revolutionary. Revolutionary. <laughs> oh man, I have to admit, I, I do ridiculously or enjoy ridiculously a lot the fact that we can just watch whatever we want whenever we want these days like that's pretty mm-hmm. fucking amazing if i'm like you know what i think i want to rewatch the whole buffy series boom yeah, available <laughs> of course although hashtag cancel joss whedon no yeah <laughs> that's tough man joss he's going through his tough time but mm-hmm. you know. yeah fuck that guy but i love buffy <laughs> so anyway Back to Bordello of Blood. Yes, let's uh, yeah. let let's talk about just how brilliant the idea of having a brothel hidden inside of a funeral parlor is. Like, fa- fantastic. Although it does lead to some one-dimensional things with the actual movie itself, because you can't really elevate it too much. But just so just the way that it's set up, I was like, you know, if you were gonna stash this somewhere, like that is a very in place to have this and you know they had their own way of actually like getting to the brothel with the incinerator and a casket which is also really creepy because you just think that you're gonna get burned alive and then you know you find yourself uh you know and 
a guy's oh, paradise, are. essentially. But one of one of the things that always cracked me up about that is, you know, with brothel, you know, they have their uh, own specialty, uh, so to speak. So, you know, usually what happens is when a client comes into the brothel, you know, you find the girl, you go to whatever room or dungeon or what have you. And then what you do? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you, you have the one girl who starts, and then, you know, Lilith, the queen vampire, uh, is there to, quote, you know, finish you off. <laughs> but, you know, the, 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 the funniest interaction, I think, was when you have Dennis Miller and uh, the one blonde vampire uh, who's getting, <laughs> like, tied up. <laughs> And, you know, you, you have that whole sequence with Lilith, uh, who is uh, basically, like, fondling the blonde, Erica. Oh, uh, right. And she's, you know, talking about her breasts, but, you know, she makes the comment of, you know, but, you know, I do like breasts, but I've always been more of a, and, you know, she's, like, moving down. She's more of a thigh person, too. And one of the things that always struck me odd about vampire movies is... You know, if you're trying to, like, maintain that secrecy that you are a vampire, having the typical neck bite mark is a little too, uh, obvious. So, you know, you would think that in more of these cases, when they are, you know, bringing in more women to turn, that you would have more of the thigh bite marks like that we see at the end of the movie with Erica. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like when you shoot up between your toes or something? That was well, that's <laughs> not, not to get too uh, philosophical, no, but that was the they did the same thing in uh, Jim Carrey's vampire movie Once Bitten, where oh, they would bite the yeah. thigh and mm. have the bite mark be there, and that I, I was thinking, oh, I, that reminds me of that. But no, that's true. It's a good idea to like not have yeah. the obvious neck. Tattoo, the neck. And they never heal. Mark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so easy to check. Yeah, it'd be the first thing to notice, uh, as opposed to the thigh, which would be more covered just on a regular mm. basis. And Dennis Miller does get fooled by that at That's the end. True, yeah. That's why he ends up becoming lunch at the end. And incidentally, like, <laughs> okay, so they're just done. They finished up some, some business at the, the church there. That's where they were, right? He gets out to the car and they're making out right up the skirt. Is that what we're doing today? Like what? Like <laughs> I, I just thought we were having a couple of smooches and then it's like hand up my skirt. Okay. Dennis. <sighs> Fucking Dennis. I mean, he, he, he should have known, right? Like she was a Bible thumper. She's not going to be like super into it and just like ease of access immediately. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's not how it works. <laughs> it would have been funnier if it was David Spade, though, because they're like, what's happening? And then she's like, oh, you're like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it would have been so much more sense. <laughs> and he probably would have been begging to get fed off for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, I'm OK with this. And what was that with the whole, like, oh, Dennis Miller has the special blood. And then it, like, never really matters. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, like, I guess... Does it not play was he into Jewish? Him? Was that what it was? Because he, he had was a necklace. Jewish because at the end, they had, like, he had the rap. Well, not that it means that he... I don't know. But anyways, at the end, there's a rabbi who, like, consecrates mm-hmm. shit. And he's like, when I consecrate shit, it states consecrated. Oh, <laughs> like that. Excuse me. Yeah, no, that... 
that that's the problem definitely the problem with the movie is that the none of the like lore or kind of <laughs> characters really like makes sense or carries through the whole story you know like they show they make a big point of showing you that bottle and the special blood, but yeah. And then it was like, oh, we broke it. I don't remember there being anything relevant at the end of the movie with mm. that. Yeah, because it's like, what? I mean, they still had to cut up the heart. And she cut up, I guess she wanted the power of being like the mother vampire or something. Yeah. Because yeah. was she, a, she must have been a vampire at that point because. Yeah, that's the funny Holy thing. shit, the continuity is just not making sense. <laughs> Yeah, by halfway through that movie, I was just sort of watching it like, oh, these are just funny scenes or things that are happening. Mm -hmm. But the story and the plot, I definitely... Went different ways. Yeah, there's like the first half, they're they're making an attempt to have a story and a plot. And then the second half is just kind of like things (laughs) are happening and scenes are happening and... There's quips and jokes. <laughs> and now this joke. And it's now this boob. And now this joke. Mm-hmm. And now more boobs. <laughs> I mean, you don't get, like, the classic... There's no character arc for Dennis Miller. He's just a, a, a sassy, smart-talking guy from beginning to end. I feel like that's his life, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't have a character arc in his own life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I'm still shocked that that was Susan Sarandon's brother, by the way. <laughs> I had no fucking clue. Well, also, I never really paid attention to his name, and I didn't know that that was his name kind of thing, yeah, too. Yeah. And then Sarandon, I remember thinking, like, oh, Sarandon, but, you know, you should know better, because everybody in Hollywood, like, it takes knowing somebody, right? Very few people, like, make yeah. it make and it from, like, nothing. He's got, like, a real horror pedigree. He did, uh, of course, Fright Night, yeah. Fright Night, and he's also in um, The Sentinel which is a good old seventies horror movie. It was crazy. He plays like kind that. of a bad guy in that one. You always, you always yeah, he's always kind of a sleazy, sleazy bad guy. Sleazy bad guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, he's good. But yeah, a lot of fun. Like uh, again, Corey Feldman did really well. I thought I wish there would have been more Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah. You definitely it's one of those B movie tricky trickery things where they they put a name actor yes. in the beginning. Why and do then that? Never see that again <laughs> until maybe the end. That little trick they pull on you. Uh, it wasn't it weird how like him and his buddies had like those nose rings. And I just wanted to ask, do you guys also get jewelry that matches your buddies that needs to be like inserted into your body? Like that seemed like <laughs> such a weird thing for cool dudes to just do out of nowhere. Well, for sure, this movie, I mean, one thing about this movie, for sure, to address the piercing aspect, this movie is steeped in the 1990s. <laughs> this is, it's like, it's if you want to see, see a time capsule of the 1990s, this is a good movie. Angie Everhart, not saying no more. The fashions, the flannels, oh, and, the yes. and the piercings, it's, it like... The one guy had a fake nose piercing for sure because it was way too big. It was mm-hmm. like a whole kind of silver half globe on the side of his nose, <laughs> which was definitely glued on. But the, the goatees and everything, yeah. No, that's all. It's very like the tribal tattoo, mm-hmm. tribal uh, piercings of the 1990s were in this movie for sure. That was fun. I'm even like... Um... When I was watching the movie and like the opening, uh, what do you call it? The the logos come up of all the production companies. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't know if that triggered you guys as well. Like I was like, oh, 
Like it just kind of it took me back a little bit, you know. Which what what? Uh, well, just that when you turn like the movie starts and it's not even the movie; it's just the logos of the company that produced it or oh, involved with the them. Old time you look. Yeah, like they've all been updated, and to see them like the old ones just kind of reminded me of like sitting on my couch on a mm-hmm. Friday night by myself watching <laughs> movies. <laughs> that, <laughs> so watching the door in case my parents are gonna so, come through it because I'm watching fucking. Naked chicks on TV. That that Universal, the Universal one that they played, mm-hmm. that is the exact one that they play right before Army of Darkness too. And I kept feeling like it was gonna turn into that desert scene of where he's walking and the beginning of Army of Darkness. That weird yeah. excitement comes like like it just you're pro, we're programmed right to sort of you know have a well not yeah we're trained to to have a reaction yeah. to that and it's just it works. Yeah, that was another 90s aspect was all the studios involved with that were very 90s. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just (laughs) that also reminds me, too, like thinking of things, things that we're kind of trained to think of. You know, when we think of vampires, uh, you know, we always think, okay, the sun is our enemy. And one of the things that this movie does is, you know, they have their uh, their lackey, so to speak, uh, who's always at like the diver bar. Who mm-hmm. is trying to lure the men to the brothel, uh, you know, so the vampire can feed. Uh, but this guy's also a vampire. Uh, but he's able to walk in the sunlight by wearing a fuck ton of sun lotion. <laughs> but she told him like the whole the whole part where he gets killed is he's like, well, I wanna, I don't wanna do this anymore. He's like, well, mm-hmm. she's like, well, you're still like a little bit alive. You're not completely dead. But then at the end. When uh, Erica is like, what's that perfume? It's sunblock. And I'm like, what, yeah. on your fucking eyeballs? Why aren't you bursting <laughs> the flames at least in the eyeballs? Yeah, it's just Why the fact that, like, is that really going to be enough to make sure that you don't, like, combust? I don't think it, it would be. Been cool <laughs> if she would have been dressed in, like, long sleeve and pants because she hadn't been doing that before. See, that would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then you wouldn't have been able to see the, the thigh marks. That's true. When he's fondling her in the car. Right. They, the they pulled the that shit. They pulled that same crap in the first Blade movie too. Uh, when Brad Dourif is that his name uh, from Blade? <laughs> he he did the sunblock too, and I th- that's I feel like that's pushing things too far. Yeah, with like, what the f are we talking here? Like I've got yeah. seventy, I've seen a hundred, but I'm willing to bet it takes more. It, that's it's like sunblock and drinking animal blood are my two big things I don't like. Really, animal blood. I think- Easy way to be like, I'm a good vampire. I only drink animal blood. But you can't. The well, whole then it never works. Being, and then I have to feed anyway. <laughs> the whole thing with being a vampire is you have to drink human blood. Though. Mm-hmm. You're a monster. You have to drink <laughs> human blood. Yeah, but see, the problem, John, is the ve- when you're just turned a vampire, you don't really know the rules. Like, it's not like they, like, give you a pamphlet. No, I would know. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if I were a vampire, I knew all the rules. If they'd seen movies, <laughs> they should know. <laughs> but yeah, no, the she her little twist of the uh, of the the sun block. Yeah, no, and the sun. I don't remember. I don't know. I I feel like I watched this movie closely, but now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I don't remember the sun really being an issue in this movie. It is With, well when they're in the when he's in the hospital after he's. <laughs> that was actually a pretty fun scene where uh, uh, Erica's like, "Oh, I see a way out." When they're being chased by her brother through that factory. And then she grabs onto a chain and she like swings over to the other side, which I was like, 
damn, Erica, good job. And then Dennis Miller's going after her, but he ends up going right through the window. That was fucking hilarious. And then he ends up on the cop car. Anyway, so he goes to the hospital. And then that, that uh, the newbie prostitute ends up being a nurse. Mm-hmm. And then they get into a fight. And then he's like, that son is a bitch. And then her, because her back's got a tear on, yeah. her shirt's got a tear on the back. And then she dies because of the sun that way. Although that's like the only vampire to die of like sunlight in them. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I did like the, what was it, like the laser? He redirected the laser. So oh, yeah, with a cross. Yeah. In her, in her, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Which was a quadrant. I was like, oh, that works. Mm-hmm. You know, when the lasers were introduced, I'm like, of course the laser's going to get used on the vampire. But then when it, it, it's used to quarter the heart, I was like, that caught me by surprise. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, thank you. That, uh, that was cool. That was cool. I, I did find it funny, though, that, you know, you, you you know, you had the little person who was just trying to get, like, you know, some extra cash on the side or, like, a car or something as, you he know. He was being so, like, you know, And, reasonable. you know, He's the like, guy so the guy has, like, all this money to throw around to buy a giant fucking laser. But, you know, you Not can't throw like, your boy a bone oh. here? Come on. <laughs> In the size of a fucking devil. And you can't give this guy... So money, he's like, yeah. your pain is working for the Lord by murdering people. Mm-hmm. That was very, and he was like so like nice, and the, and like when he asked him for money, he's like, you know, maybe. I'm like, give this man a fucking razor, a, <laughs> a, a salary. It sounds like you're just paying him in like room and board. That's fucking sucky. <laughs> that was, I was really sad. I'm like, yeah, fuck that dude. Fuck JC. Yeah, JC. Jesus Which of Christ. course, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> when he kept calling him, that I was like, "Oh, right, of yeah. course." <laughs> that was fun. Although, <laughs> what was funny though is like when uh, Erica busts into the strip joint. Well, first of all, the really like the the interaction between uh, Angie Everhart and that dude was like was so cute. And there's like she's like, "You're right. We should definitely expand into like strip joints." I was like, "Yeah, building a business plan. This sounds <laughs> awesome. You guys are really working it out." And then Erica comes through and she's like pretending to be a reporter, by the way. Am I right? Mm-hmm. She's got a camera crew and a, and a fucking microphone. I'm like, what? You, you, can people just do that? Can I Can I do that? Yeah, you just hire can I just, people like, to like follow you around. I mean, I know you work with that kind of equipment, John. Can you Can you come with me at some point somewhere and I can get a microphone and we can just like <laughs> pretend, I have, pretend I'm a journalist and I can dress in like a suit? Oh my God. Okay, let's do that. You should, you should uh... <laughs> Never mind, Erica. You should go interview cool. the sore people and see if you can re- meet Ratma. No, thank you. That's <laughs> badly. We've seen that movie too. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah, that was a bad idea. No, but we we should definitely pretend to be a, a newscasting mm-hmm. duo. That'd be kind of cool. And then bust into a strip joint. Exactly. Looking for vampires. Yeah, looking for vampires. <laughs> looking for cops. <laughs> just, just look for any strip club that's in within like a 15 mile radius of a church. <laughs> well, I mean, after watching, you know, Robert Rodriguez's movie and this one, mm-hmm. you would it'd be safe to assume that strippers are vampires. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're learning anything from Hollywood. Yeah, and, you know, you know, connecting dots here, just on vampire uh, lineage... <laughs> or just the timeline, uh, that would make perfect sense why we have sparkly vampires. It's because of all the That's fucking true. glitter that the strippers are wearing. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Point to Problem solved. These ladies, these hardworking ladies, you know, like it's not an easy job. And thank you very much. We are not judging you. 
Yeah, you can <laughs> be, be cool if you were vampires. No judgment if you're a stripper or a vampire. <laughs> a little bit of judgment one, if you're a vampire. One, one pays a lot better, though. <laughs> yeah. The other one costs money. <laughs> Pretending to be a vampire costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a face, Mom. God. <laughs> I was going to make a mom joke, too. <laughs> <laughs> like disappointing your mom that much is not cheap. <laughs> I'm gonna take that back too, because everybody's just having fun. For all you LARPers out there, being who feel like vampires, you do your thing. You make what makes you what makes you happy. You do that. Yeah, you buy I'm your extra like eyeshadow. So you buy your mm-hmm. extra eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah. And living in New Orleans, which I don't know. Let's go be vampires in New Orleans, <laughs> and then we can pretend to be journalists to get by and just shake people down for money. We can, like, approach well-dressed men that come out of strip joints and, like, you know, <laughs> uh, bribe them. Not bri- uh, blackmail. That's the right, one. It's right. blackmail. <laughs> like, bribe them? How's that going to fucking work? But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we get, the money's going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I need you to give me more than this to make this worth my what? They're like, why are you trying to give me money? What are you doing? You get that in my face and take your money back. (sighs) I feel like my brain hasn't worked properly in like fucking years, by the way. I don't know if it's the alcohol or the fucking lockdown, but it's 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 a lockdown. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I've been corrected on many of small things, like well, little things I should have, I've never should have mistaken. Like, I don't even want to get into it, but geography is part of it. Mm. And people are like, "No, that's that's a country, not a city." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm so sorry." Let's get back to the point. All right. <laughs> Bordello of blood. Bordello of blood. Yeah, guilty pleasure. Not the greatest movie, but it's still entertaining enough to uh, to watch. Yes, and also, like, they must have had to service dudes and get paid in order to keep it going. Or was the or was JC involved in that as well? Setting up the bordello, did he pay money for that, or did he just, like, get her going? That's the problem, right? Is it's, like, how do you maintain your business when everybody's disappeared? When you're yeah. eating all your clients? And it's a small town. By the way, it's a small town, and then there's this big, gigantic Victorian mansion slash mortuary that nobody's heard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody disappears there. Yeah. Best, best not to... Yeah, you, you can't, you can't <laughs> follow the logic, because, like, if you're, if you're operating a church, you're trying to, like, you know, save people, bring them closer to God... Uh, and sure, in one way, you are becoming closer to God uh, by literally being killed in this case by the vampires. Uh, but you don't have like that salvation moment for humankind in this case. And how did they hook up with that mortu- the, 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 the mortician? How did they hook up with him? Because that was a really lucky stroke. <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah. That guy fit perfectly into their plan. That is yes. true. <laughs> like... When he's like, we don't want this anymore, and he pulls out a fucking gun, you're like, holy shit! That was pretty great. That was a good. That was good stuff. He's like, no, we're not getting to the cuff, and the fuck you are. <laughs> that guy was great and very creepy. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah, they clearly thought. It's obvious that they thought that they would be putting out multiple crypt- tales from the crypt movie. Yeah, it would have been really nice if they did too. Yeah, I wonder though if if they. If they missed the mark at all 
in terms of uh, Tales from the Crypt is a anthology, is known as an anthology yeah. comic and TV show. I wonder if the idea of putting out full movies was a mistake and maybe they should have been putting out anthology like movies. Show. Yeah. Like Creep Creepshow, maybe? I don't know. That would have been And the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and, and Tales Zone. from the Dark Side. <laughs> Literally every mm-hmm. other one. Yeah. I think that it, it would have been stronger, especially, well, well, that's interesting. I mean, with the, with HBO being like the, the, uh, the, the, the series and them already been able to throw money and sex at it. I'm wondering if that's where, like, what, what special thing can we do? That's an anthology. Mm. Might as well make it a full length. Yeah. You yeah. Know, feature. But, you know, I'm a sucker for anthology. So I would have, I would have loved it. But then again, is it just more of the same, more of the show? I, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's probably what they were thinking was if we put out an anthology movie, that's basically Whoops. the same thing we're doing. You on mean a new show. season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, bigger names, more money, that yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get the, Pull out the bigger stars. Or, I don't know, actually hiring a director who's actually made a movie. He so you I didn't know about this. So he had had he literally done nothing, or was he like a TV commercial director or Robert Zem- Zemeckis, right? No, the but he, that was for a this writer. one. Um, right. Um, let me let me double check. Didn't he also do uh, the uh, Back to the Future? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis is, and he was the writer on this, or his script was the original, basically his. Yeah. Writer. Okay. And I know that a lot of different movies were considered for the Tales from the Crypt movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, I can't look it up now. <laughs> well, that's but, the other thing, too, right? Movies like, that were made, and you're like, oh, why the fuck not? So, okay, I'm pulling up IMDb. He had done some TV work. Not a ton. It was six credits. Um, well, okay, that's not before. Uh, only two before. It was Tales from the Crypt, uh, two episodes, and then one episode of Freddy's Nightmares. So a couple uh, of TV episodes, but nothing feature length. Interesting. So they were going with somebody inexpensive, basically. You know what I just realized, though. So our 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 main our Lilith in this movie, Angie Everhart, is not the same redhead from the W something somethings B. Remember the the the, the comedy series set in Cincinnati? That's oh, like the radio uh, station. The WKRP. Yeah. Oh no, no. That's a whole different redhead that looks basically the same. <laughs> No, Angie Everhart is part of the whole first generation of supermodels. Ah. Like, uh, she looks at Cindy Crawford. She was part of the Cindy Crawford group of yeah, supermodels from Crawford the 80s. Look. Yeah. And so she was kind of, she was definitely in there just kind of as a face. She wasn't an established actor. I thought she did uh, okay. There was a couple of mo- there was yeah, a couple she wasn't of, bad at all. There was a couple of scenes where you're like, ugh. But then there were other scenes where I'm like, she is perfectly pleasant and charming. Like when she sniffs her armpit, when she's like walking around <laughs> and you're like, oh no, she's going to catch Dennis Feller. And then she sniffs her armpit. She's like, Ugh. <laughs> that's adorable. So that was, that was pretty nice. And she's always like cleaning her teeth. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I did find myself, I don't know why, but it did keep reminding me of that first Suicide Squad movie, the, the witch in the first Suicide Squad movie. Cause it's kind of like. I don't know. There's some odd similarities going okay. on there, but beyond that, where they kind of have the sexy witch thing. Ah, uh, okay. Know. But no. This movie, <laughs> this we're movie, not on board. 
ultimately, although I will say, I think ultimately this movie might be a more enjoyable watch than Suicide Squad because at least it's only an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. And it's very like light and moves along at a light pace. There's a super soaker scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and I mean, Harley Quinn's uh, shorts can only hold you on for so long with the Suicide Squad. PG-13 versus Rated R. Dude, you gotta go for the R. (laughs) (laughs) Although, you gotta put up with Dennis Miller. I don't know why I dislike him so much, but I do. (laughs) Is he still around? He's still around, right? Oh, yeah. Now he's like a political... He has like a political... Really? Because I thought that Bill Maher kind of had the market cornered on like guys that look he, like him. Bill Maher and him are basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need both. Okay, between amongst you guys decide who's going to stick around. Yeah. The other one has to like buy a, a home, a retirement home in Connecticut or some yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or be replaced with David Spade. Yeah. <laughs> David Spade. There you go. You um. know, I feel like I need more Dana Carvey and a little less David Spade though. And let's trade yeah. him out. <gasps> Dana Carvey would have been adorable in this movie, though. Or we could put Phil Hartman in the main role. That, that would have been really fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're we're just <laughs> casting this movie with different. Yes, I know. Basically. All right. <laughs> we're talking. About, okay, well, we should probably. I don't know if we need to wrap it up. Do we need any more to talk? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't I don't have anything else for this one. I did. I mean, I know I've I've said it already before, but I did. When it came to the two tales from the crypt, I liked this one more, despite its problems yeah. and its all of its issues. Ultimately, just like approaching it as purely a watching experience, I did enjoy this more. Yeah, it's like a pie where like the ingredients are there. You know, maybe it wasn't cooked long enough, and maybe there was a little <laughs> too much salt in it. Or, you know, like, it, maybe it was store-bought, but it was like, the ingredients are there. I still enjoyed myself. You know, it was fun. And it kept my attention. And it had Corey Feldman still doing good. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. if the crew uh, had some more camaraderie, that uh, it would have been the perfect buy. It yeah, it would have been delicious. <laughs> but as it is, it's like, it's all right. It's like diner pie versus, like, gourmet shit. Mm. Martha Stewart pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, looking ahead, next week we have The Entity release in 1982, directed by uh, Cindy J. Fury, uh, which, Holly, this was one of your picks. Uh, a, a surprising pick, I, I would think, after we've already had one kind of based on assault, because this one kind of falls into that category, too. True, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen it. I believe, I believe I saw it. Mm-hmm. I believe I saw it when I was like a teenager. Yeah. So it's been a long ass time, and yeah. so I, I th- and it's gonna be more uh, depressing. <laughs> it's gonna oh, be yes. dark. <laughs> it it is. Yeah. I mean that that whole sequence definitely is memorable, and the way I mean, it's very believable to given the supernatural element uh, to it. And, you know, there have been a couple of movies since that have had similar approaches, uh, which, you know, I'll talk more about next week. But, you know, Hollow Man had a similar uh, thing. Uh, Same with uh, The Invisible Man also. Uh, So, you know, it's not the first time they've kind of, like, gone into uh, that category. But it is, you know, one of the more... uh, prominent pieces out of the 80s for you know supernatural horror so it'll be good to revisit it yeah you know give it a little like uh and just give us a little bit of uh what do you call it uh 
variety in, 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 in what we're viewing. Because, I mean, I mean, Shivers was a lot, uh, was fun too, but it, but it was a different kind of fun. This was, mm-hmm. you know, Bordello of Blood, goofy fun. So this is just going to be like straightforward, forward, like psychological fucking horror. So let's strap in. Yeah, well, we're hitting a unique decade for each movie uh, this month, which is also interesting. <laughs> we got the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and the uh, the twenty tens. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the entity in a long time, so it definitely is going to be interesting to rewatch it now. Because I, yeah, I think it's been at least ten years since I've seen. It. Am I not thinking about the right movie? I thought the entity was from the seventies or eighties. It's, it's 82. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's the one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, the weird thing is I remember seeing it on TV a long time ago, and that, I feel like that had to have been a heavily Super edited version of it. Although sure. it's weird what, what, what the censors edit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's sex, edited out. Horrible violence against women? That's fine. <laughs> so, well, this, this is both. So, you know. <laughs> you know. Is, yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see how it ages. You know, that's, yeah. that's you know, the, oh, the, wow. yes. the modern test of, like, what does this feel like? I think it's going to be now? more horrifying. I think it's going to be, um, well, I mean, if I remember correctly, like, you know, the whole point of, of, of that trope, which is the you can't see your aggressor. Mm-hmm. It's just your sense of, like, vulnerability, like, the, the, the hopelessness, the despair, and, and, like, you cannot protect yourself. And, like, mm-hmm. that's... You know, that's a very visceral fucking feeling. And yep. so that'll be, that'll be fun, huh? Yeah, awesome. Uh, also, coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow we're doing our Stream Lounge uh, Twisted Thursday show and we'll be watching We Summon the Darkness. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and then the next Thursday, uh, we'll be watching The Babysitter, uh, which is, of course, streaming on Netflix as well. Uh, and we'll be doing a Fright Rags giveaway. Uh, we got like a $25 gift card from Stream Lounge that will be given out uh, during that broadcast. So all I have to do is show up, basically. I'll enter you into the drawing, and uh, maybe you can come out with some uh, some Fright Rags swag. Where's swag? Tote bags. <laughs> yeah, you could uh, buy whatever Valentine's Day merch they'll be doing for the last drive-in, because, you know, they got that special coming up. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Uh, but outside of that, of course, if you guys are looking to contact the show, you can find us uh, all over the internet. We're on Twitter at Hand Up With Scare. We're also on Instagram at Hand Up With Scare Pod. And of course, we have our Patreon. If you are looking to directly support us, uh, you can pledge anything, something just like a dollar a month and up, and you could get early access to our content as well as Patreon exclusive perks like our commentary tracks, which we'll be recording one. Here shortly. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash handle with scare. Uh, but for now, guys, you know, hope you enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll see you back in a week. Like, I don't know, man. We don't want Yeah, like sports. What's that? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be there to drink and watch the trailer for like Jurassic World Dominion and uh, the new Jordan Peele movie. Nope. Uh, what else is there going to be? Probably uh, the fucking. Doctor Strange, which is the multiverse one that's more oh, horror-based. Uh, yeah, so there's that to look forward to. Oh, there's also a new trailer for uh, Firestarter that was released earlier Oh, yeah, today. yeah, yeah, I just saw that. <laughs>
Well, yeah. I didn't see the trailer, but I saw like, you know, advertisements for it. Yep, that Me. was cool. Definitely. Yes, because you know right. Hollywood loves its remakes. Too much, yeah. man. Too much. Yeah. But that's why you should go watch original content like Bordello of Blood streaming on Shudder as well as Demonite, uh, also on Shudder. Yeah. But if you're looking yeah. for Tales from the Crypt, you know, just outright, you know, kind of kind of shit out of luck, unfortunately, still. Feels bad. Yeah, let's start a campaign. Could we, like, you know, aren't we <laughs> powerful true. influencers now? That's a joke. That's a big joke. Yeah, yeah, but we'll, go, we'll <laughs> go with that. <laughs> Like, couldn't we pressure HBO Max? <laughs> Put release, out some Crypt Keeper. Release the Tales from the Crypt. Release the Tales! Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, but until then, you know, we'll keep petitioning for them to finally release Tales from the Crypt. Either as a collection or, you know, just on Shutter or whatever, what have you. HBO Max, directly, you know, just yeah, just send it to us directly. That's That works absolutely <laughs> fine, too. Uh, but for now, we'll see you next week. Have a good night.